Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here for another week of Believe in Clippers. Alex, what's going on? Solid, man. Solid. Everything's good right now. Yeah, and as we, we move forward through you know the first week of the season, uh, a slow start for the Clippers. They're you know one and four right now. Uh, you know yeah. b- before we previously talked was before the opener. You know I thought they played played pretty well against the Warriors. Had a chance to win that game. Same thing against the Grizzlies. Uh, their one win was against Portland, and then a couple of more ugly losses in terms of just not really getting their offense going against Cleveland and then Portland again. So um, yeah. you know just your early impressions of the first week of the season and the Clippers. You know struggling here out of the gate. Man, I think it's the same thing, same situation, same story with the Clippers. You know what I mean? Uh, since we've been doing this with the podcast, we've always seen them busting out with a slow start, you know, and and, and it and it goes that way as far as in the game, too, you know. And um, you can just see, like, a lot of guys aren't, you know, got their feet planted of what they can do, what they want to do. And uh, But I just like the fact that Paul George is trying his best to actually lead this team as much as he possibly can um, for what he has right now, so... Um, I'm still optimistic. You know, we still got a star player that's missing as well, too, Kawhi. He's definitely a huge piece. Yeah, I mean, obviously his absence is is very pronounced in games when you see, you know, both ends of the floor and those struggles. But mm-hmm. to your point about Paul George, you know, that's obviously been, you know, the biggest silver lining so far in the in the poor start is just how amazing he's looked. And that's, that's not, not necessarily a surprise, but... You know, multiple games over 40 points, double-doubles. He had a game with eight steals. So, you know, he's playing at, at his highest level, which, I don't know, depending on which way you look at it, might be a good thing or it might be a bad thing since the Clippers are, are still struggling. But, um, you know, what have you seen from his game where he's been able to be this good this this early for the Clippers? Now, I think Paul George has always been efficient, you know, and um, – this the way he's shooting the ball is, is just you can see just the resentless of him is actually just not caring at all. You know what I mean? And getting to his spots. And I like his approach. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who's out there with him. He's 
going to actually be a presence and an impact for his team the best way he can. And he's always been a offensive minded as well as defensive minded, you know, star uh, for the team. You know, so he's been bringing it both both ways on the defensive end as well too. So, um, yeah, I think Paul George is definitely a candidate as as any right now. If these last five games, if you look at it, you know, on the stars of actually All Star level right now that he's at, and you know, particularly of an NBA MVP uh, candidate for sure. I look at it. Yeah, no, he's been amazing, and as we said, the. You know, it's really obviously been the the supporting cast. And, you know, some of that is not unexpected. There are a few new pieces. There are, as always, a few injuries that the Clippers are dealing with. Um, but what, if there's anything you can point to, is has been the biggest kind of holding down, struggling point for the Clippers for, for why you think they've struggled here in the in the early part of their schedule, just through the first five games, still early, but what, what you've seen uh, from the rest of the guys that has led to some of these struggles. Well, I think it was. I think it's probably the inside presence. You know what I mean? They they have no no inside presence at all. Um, you got Ibaka who, who's absent as well too. Zubac is a pick and roll guy that can finish very well. Um, but they got his number. They got his tag where they actually not let him get these easy buckets. What he normally gets, um, these putbacks and stuff like that are are huge. You know, so these second chances that these these Clippers will actually get these fifty fifty balls, they're not getting, and that. That's that's a huge advantage for them as well, you know, because they're a transition team. You know, so if they can't get out and and, and get it going, um, it's kind of hard. And them playing themselves in the mirror as far as the offense of half court set right there. And the only person that's executing is is Paul George right now. Yeah, and I and I think to the point about obviously how good Paul George has been. Uh, you know, we've seen just through some of the early stats for the Clippers that. Their shot profile, they're still getting good shots, but they're missing a lot of open yep. shots. And then you mentioned, yeah, with the yep. not getting the easy buckets inside when they're maybe sometimes oversettling for, for the jump shot, but shots that, you know, are makeable, that they're not going down. You know, we've seen some up and down shooting games from, from Reggie, from, you know, Luke Kennard has a great game, and then, you know, not so much the next one. So I think we've seen that. And then, as you mentioned, you know, missing some key guys where obviously Kawhi, but, you know, I think without Kawhi, someone who proves to be very important is obviously Marcus Morris, who, you know, he played the first few games dealing with that, you know, coming back from that knee issue. So they're kind of trying to get him, you know, his strengthening in that knee a little better before he comes back. So, you know, he's someone who can be, you know, a good second, third option as a scorer, plays both ends of the floor. And then obviously... You know, Ibaka's been out for quite a while going back to last year, but another guy who can help you in, in a variety of ways with in, inside and the interior, like you said, but also, you know, his defense and spreading the floor uh, with his shooting ability as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you hit it on the head as far as the inconsistency of, you know, Luke and, you know, you got T-Man as well, who, who hasn't been a seasoned player, you know what I mean? You're going to get a lot of great things from him, but you still don't know exactly what you're going to get night in and night out from him, you know what I mean? So those things are really huge to know when you're putting in these guys. Even so, Winslow, we talked about him early in the days as far as what he can bring to the table, and he can bring a lot as far as his upside and the potential that he has. We've seen him run the point guard position to – the highest standards with the with the Miami Heat, you know what I mean. So these guys got to get themselves out of the way and actually just be able to lock in and play basketball at their level and start being more consistent. And that's the hugest thing right there. 
Yeah, no question about it. So, one and four start, obviously. Uh, Clippers, as we record this here on a Monday, uh, home game against the Thunder. That, you know, should hopefully be something to get them back on track. And, uh, you know, it's interesting so far in this early part of the season. Obviously, you see some teams that were, were accustomed to see win get off to slow starts. We're seeing teams that have struggled in the past get off to great starts. So when you look yeah. kind of at the schedule, uh, you know, depending on how you look at it, oh, that could be promising. You know, they have a couple games against Minnesota, Charlotte, Portland again. But all of those teams, uh, you know, have played well. You know, Minnesota, obviously, with our guy Pat Beverly over there, they seem like yeah. you know, they're energized and they have great young talent. Uh, so that those aren't easy games by any means. Charlotte, obviously, is off to a great start with LaMelo and what they're doing. So, as you said, there are games that you feel like you should win, but at the same time, uh, you know, no super easy games going forward for the Clippers. So it's one of those things where it is still early, but you don't want to dig yourself too deep of a hole as you, you know, get out get out the gates here in the early part of the season. No, for sure. Do you, Jess, you think it's probably because they're putting the pressure on themselves? You know what I mean? Because there's teams that you just mentioned that they've got to face that they have nothing to lose. They're going out there balling. They're free. You know what I mean? They're, they're taking chances with the shot selections and they're making shots that's unbelievable and playing at a high level. And then we have the Clippers where, you know, nobody's really talking about them winning a championship right now, but they still have that, you know, um, that way to go as far as knocking down those barriers. Do you think it's the pressure that coming in? I think it's probably always playing in any L.A. arena, <laughs> whether it's NFL or, I mean, Major League Baseball, whatever it is. It's hard to play, you know, for the Clippers standards and the Lakers standards. But do you think it's the pressure that they put on themselves? As yeah. Far as early? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, I think for them, clearly we saw the first couple of games of the year. Uh, where they, you know, three games in a row where they scored 113, 114, 116 points. So they're clearly capable. The past two games, you know, they've really been held down to, you know, 79 points against Cleveland, just 92 against Portland the second time. So I think some of that, you know, when you get into a little bit of a cold spell, you know, might be pressing a little bit, as you said, aiming shots that, you know, you're open, you feel like you should make, and maybe, yeah, like you said, putting that little bit of extra pressure on yourself, uh, that just makes the little bit of difference there. And I think some the other half of it is, as I said, it, it is a group that knows each other well, but you are missing pieces. There are a few new guys in there, like Eric Bledsoe. We've seen you know Hartenstein playing as kind of the backup big off the bench. So guys that, while talented, are still kind of integrating themselves, and you're seeing you know them and the other players, you know, try to adapt to each other on the fly. So I think it's you know it's a, it's a little bit of both, uh, and for this team, just trying to you know, get up to speed with each other, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've seen they got these sweet jerseys that they're putting out, <laughs> these sky blue ones. Maybe that'll that'd give them some edge right there because they're really nice right now. I'm looking at them. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are sweet. We've got the cursive lettering back. We've got, as you said, the the kind of beautiful shout-out to, to both Buffalo and, and San Diego and, and those type of jerseys, but... But yeah, maybe yeah. that's that's what it takes. You bust out the baby blues and and give the other the teams the blues. Things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, the the jersey thing's funny too because obviously, you know, the Clippers have gone with you know blue or black a lot. Obviously, the baby blue, yeah. blue ones are beautiful. You know, when do you think the jerseys that you were when do we when do we get the red back in the mix for the Clippers? It's been it's been re, it's been a couple years since we've seen the Clippers in red. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. The Red ones probably got the worst record ever. 
Yeah, just a, maybe, maybe. That's probably why they, they banned. They probably like the NBA shoes that were banned. They they never coming back, man. So I don't know if they're gonna bring it back. They sweet though. They were definitely nice. Yeah, maybe, maybe an updated version of the red ones would would go a, yeah. a long way. Like you said, to, to kind of wash away that record and, and see, uh, start a new record with the new red. Start a new record, yeah. Break that curse. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, we mentioned obviously the slow start, the schedule going forward for the Clippers, the Thunder, back to back on the road against Minnesota, Charlotte, Portland, Miami, and then down the line. Uh, you know, we, we pointed to a few things thus far for the Clippers um, outside of Paul George. Who, who do you think needs to step up the most? We know that we said, you know, other guys have had good games here and there, but it hasn't really been consistent. Who do you point yeah. to when you look at, you know, who needs to get going for the Clippers to to kind of get back to, to where they think they should be? Oh, man. That's a good question, man. You know, uh, I think these guys like Bledsoe definitely needs to get it going. You know, um, this might be his, 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 his biggest shot ever in the league, you know, and I'm not just, just labeling him and st- starting him out, but um, we know Reggie Jackson, he's going to have his spurts of down periods um, as an 82-game season, um, getting to the playoffs. He's been phenomenal for each playoffs, you know, selection that they're in. Um, we, we know Batum is a veteran who's seasoned, you know what I mean, that's, that's hitting big shots at the big shots in his career. Um, we, we definitely brought Bledsoe here for a reason. Um, and we're trying to figure out what that reason is, you know, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. Um, there was a lot of options to actually bring guys in and they brought Bledsoe back for a specific reason. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to be a spotlight where he has to take advantage of. And, um, you know, who knows? They probably hadn't, you know, um, serious conversations for him to actually step up and be that man, you know, in the, in the coaching standpoint. Yeah, I think obviously Bledsoe, you know, 10 points a game thus far, four assists. You know, he has done a nice job getting in the paint, but obviously, you know, shooting has always been an issue for Eric Bledsoe, and especially from the outside. So those numbers you would love to see improve or at least him, you know, focus more on on doing what he does best and get into the rim. Um, And then, yeah, like you said, Reggie, I think – I think there's a lot expected of him after his amazing playoff run. The numbers, you know, statistically are not terrible. 14 points, about four rebounds and four assists. It's just, as you said, kind of the the streakiness. His shooting numbers percentage is way down at the moment, just shooting 31%. So, you know, you you would think, as you said, getting some good shots that, that that would improve. And then, you know, mentioning it before earlier, Marcus Morris, obviously, he's only played two of the five yeah. games, but, you know, averaged around... 10 points a game, really struggled with his shot early on. Uh, you know, that's a guy who I think, you know, he's around, I said, 10 points right now. If he, if the Clippers are going to do what they think they can do, uh, you know, you want him around 15 or so. He could obviously do more than that. But, you know, just with the depth of this roster, you're not expecting him to score 20, but you are expecting him to kind of give you a little bit more than what we've seen so far. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think from the bench standpoint, somebody has to bit more consistent you know we we see guys that uh you know are flaky but they're getting a lot of minutes you know uh lose one guy that we really depend on and we know what he can do for sure we need a shooter that can actually knock down shots consistently and that's the that's the bare truth for sure to spreading up that court so paul george can actually be assertive and get into his spots and and they can't hit, hit, uh, help off him a lot you know and um these guys are taking shots we just need them to hit them you know with a consistency 
tone, um, not being shy. And last game, Portland 0 for 4, you know what I mean? They're taking these shots, but they just got to hit them, though, with a high clip. Yeah, no question about it. And as you said, you know, it's something that was mentioned, you know, at the top of the show as well, that the shot profile is not necessarily bad. They're getting a lot of open looks. So obviously, if you knock down open shots, then that's something that, you know, cures a lot of those ills where you're like, hey, instead of one and four, maybe we're three and two, maybe we're two and three. You know, as they say, it's a a make or miss league. And, you know, if you're missing open shots, then you're going to have some trouble. Got some trouble, and we're not we're not shy of, of of losing these games. Like they're close games, they really are. So it's not like we're getting blown out by twenty or stuff like that. It's the small things that we need, and that's the things like you know, one or two shots that 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 we need to go in. You know what I mean? One or two rebounds that we need somebody to dive on the floor and get loose balls. So those type of things that we need more important than anything. Yeah, no question about it, and uh, you know. For the Clippers, as you said, not the start that they'd want, but as you just mentioned, uh, close games for the most part. I think the last two have been a little more discouraging just for the fact that the offense is kind of really ground to halt after looking, you know, really good the first three games of the season. You know, 79 points against Cleveland, 92 against Portland. Uh, Cleveland's a unique team because they really kind of buck, they're bucking the trend of the NBA. They're starting three seven-footers who are kind of mobile, so... Maybe that length threw, threw the Clippers off, but, you know, Portland, too, obviously the Clippers, you know, granted, it's hard to beat a team twice within a week span. They had just beat them by almost 30, so you knew they'd be, Portland would be motivated. Uh, but still, only 92 points against Portland, who is not known for their defense. It just shows that, you know, kind of how pronounced those shooting struggles have been over the past couple of games. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, as we move forward, we mentioned kind of kind of the schedule. Uh, what have you seen? We mentioned, obviously, Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson. You know, Luke Kennard has, has had a couple of big games here and there. Uh, we talked a little bit on the, the last episode about Isaiah Hartenstein as, as a backup big. We know that it's, that's yeah. kind of temporary in terms of being the second guy until Ibaka gets back. But, but what have you seen from Hartenstein and, and what you've liked or, or have not liked in, in the early going for him? Hartenstein, he's a, he's a big presence. You know what I mean? He finished strong around the realm. Um, he has great hands, a great touch. Um, he's physical as hell. And, uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a bruiser. You know, he reminds me of a little bit of, um, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, I played with him, Zach Randolph, a little bit. Not <laughs> so much as far as Zach Randolph. But, I mean, just the, the, the tenacity of not being scared to get contact. You know what I mean? So, um yeah, he's he's definitely a presence inside for sure. Um, running the floor very well in transition, and um, you know he, he's German. You know what I mean? I've been out here in Europe for a long time. I know what these guys can do out here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've been playing all their lives. You know what I mean? As pros at a certain age, so it's nothing to them to actually go up against anybody. They they, they don't care who it is. So um, Hardstein is definitely going to be a guy that. Um, he's going to have spurts for sure that we're going to look to and like, damn, who is that guy? You know what I mean? But he's been there the whole time. <laughs> so uh, I think he's going to be, um, you know, if, if my man is not back anytime soon, Ibaka, um, he's going to be somebody that they're going to have to definitely look to and blossom real soon and fast, similar to what uh, Zubak had to do um, in his early stints last year and the year before. 
Yeah, and you, you know, to the for what it's worth, both Marcus Morris and Ibaka have been practicing five on five with contact, so that hopefully means they're you know they're close to returning to action. But you know that they won't be back at least for this upcoming game on Monday. But yeah, going you know finishing the point on Hartenstein. You know, I think you can tell that he's very skilled. We mentioned his passing ability, some nice finishes inside. And the physical thing, you know, does stand out a lot. And I think for him, it's about harnessing that because obviously he's very prone to foul trouble. You know, he's very aggressive in his defense. So I think, you know, finding the right balance of the physicality and the aggression and still being able to stay on the floor and, and not pick up, you know, a handful of fouls in relatively short minutes will, you know, will be helpful for him. But, I, you know, at the same time, he might know that, hey, I've got 15, 20 minutes on the court. I'm just going to go all out. And if I get five fouls, that's it. You know, that then that's what happens. So maybe that's part of his that's mindset. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. I think that is true. Like, I'm going to just go out 100%. Red Bull, see red, and just try to do everything I possibly can. And uh, um that's the statistic show where where that where is that at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, he's been a nice addition to the team. As, as you've said, there's there's definitely bright spots. You know, I think the as I said, the past few games have been a little ugly, but it is still early. Mm-hmm. The team is still adapting, and and hey, as you said, we've got Paul George pulling out, and we've got some sweet city uniforms, those baby blues, which should be jumping cool. into the rotation soon. I got to put my order in. Those is cold. Let yeah. me see if they can put Acker on those too. <laughs> yeah, they should definitely send you one uh, for your for your time spent with the Clippers anyway. My so we'll make, yeah. make that happen. But uh, Alex, good stuff here. We're gonna obviously stay connected and, and get ready for hopefully more more Clipper wins in the future, and we'll see if that starts tonight against the Thunder. No question. All right. So big thanks to Alex, who always holds it down for us all the way in Italy providing his great insight for all of you listening out there. Now you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including Apple, where we appreciate five-star reviews. So for my man Alex, this is Jesse Cass signing off. We'll talk to you again next week for the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online. Let's go. All right. Good stuff. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.